Hey podcast listeners, welcome to the podcast Celeb Who, where we tell you the life story of a celebrity and you, the listener, get the opportunity to guess which celebrity that is. I'm your host, Cameron. And I'm your co-host, Alejandra. And you're listening to Celeb Who. Monday Madness. Just kidding. Is the only cure for Monday blues is ice cream. Close second, celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the third take, and you still laughed at that. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> I feel good about that. I joke. have to make. I have to make you feel good. I think you just need to wake up a little. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, need some yeah. hot coffee. Hot coffee. Yeah, no iced coffee right now is way too hot for hot well, coffee. Well, let's let everyone know why you're you're so tired. Uh, it's also the reason why she's going to take a little time off from... Maternity leave? Maternity. <laughs> she's growing a child inside her. Yeah. Growing if you can whole, say you did that. A whole human being. I, I just said that and I'm going to get so much crap. Yeah. <laughs> we get a bunch of people like, I've had like six babies. <laughs> So calm down. Yeah, so calm down. This is only your second, but still, great accomplishment. <laughs> so yeah, she's going to be taking, um, I mean, she's not going to be the host for... Um, for a while. For a while, but I she'll be here to... don't need the extra... Extra weight. <laughs> 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 yeah, so it'll be uh, me. That's a fat joke. And she'll be my little sidekick. Yeah, you I'm still going to... sidekick? Yeah. Okay. For yeah. a little bit. And then I'll go back be to... the Robin to my Batman. Yeah, and then I'll go back oh, no, to being... Babe, nobody wants to be Robin. Stop it. <laughs> Robin's yeah. not that bad. Robin's terrible. <laughs> we'll do a, we'll do a poll on Instagram, but... Yeah. And, oh, and Twitter, but no, Robin's terrible. Nobody wants to be Robin. You're so mean. Even the Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, I'm, Robin. No. Listen. Was he Robin? I know we do this show, but I am terrible at celebrity names and remembering and even more so now. This is why we did this show, so you would have a little bit more knowledge. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so let's let's go to um, last week. Yeah? Yes, let's do it. You ready to reveal who it was? Let's do it. All right, so give me um, the best fake drum roll you can give me. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Our explorer from last week was... Percy Fawcett. Whoop, 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 whoop. So he's not huge. Yeah, a lot of like a lot of us didn't know who he was. Yeah, I didn't until recently. Um, and he actually didn't like. Well, I'll talk about it, you know, through this. But he's he's not a well known explorer, but he has definitely gained a whole lot more recognition in just kind of the past decade. Uh, most of the recognition comes thanks to a man named David Grant, who discovered and read through all of Percy's uh, memoirs pretty extensively. And he even went so far as to journey to the Amazon to retrace Percy's steps. And through his research, Grant wrote a book, and it was called The Lost City of Z. And it really just details Fawcett's life. And there was a, even a movie that was made by Amazon in 2016. And it has the same name as the book, so The Lost City of Z. And it stars uh, Charlie Hunnam, um, the guy, the dude from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, his son was named Jack. And in the movie, he's played by none other than Spider-Man himself, Tom Holland. Karen's obsessed with Tom Holland. So. Am I? Yes. I mean, he's he's pretty cool. He's, he was a good Spider-Man. I don't I'll know give about him that. obsessed. I don't know about... If you see a movie and you're like, oh, babe, Tom Holland's in this. 
We gotta watch it. Definitely never done that. So Whatever. for the most part, the movie is pretty accurate with a few changes that um, you will notice after you watch it and compare it to uh, last week's episode. And to this day, no one knows what happened to Percy or Jack or the best friend. Um, but more and more ruins of ancient structures are actually being discovered in the vast and extensive thicket of the Amazon. And it really just supports Percy's theory that there was an ancient civilization that really predates the current tribes. So that was our celebrity last week. Congratulations to those of you who got it right and to those of you who got it wrong. As always, you have another chance this week. Yes. Yes. So yes, yes, yes. let's, you want to just jump into it? Just do it. Just like a cold pool, just jump into it. Oh, I hate okay, that. Okay, I'm gonna do another poll. Are you are you the type of person <laughs> that just jumps into a cold pool, or do you ease yourself in? I used to like just jump in, just get it over with, and now I'm like, it's cold. Ugh. I'm the complete opposite. I used to do like first my big toe, <laughs> then my second toe, and then my third toe, fourth toe, fifth toe, sixth toe, and then eventually the twelfth toe. <laughs> So, oh, I thought you had six toes on one foot. I was like, uh, well, you don't have six toes. For those of you listening, I said, and then my 12th toe. So yeah, I was going for that. Oh. And then and then I ease myself in. But okay. So our celebrity today, we're going to go ahead and name him Kiyoshi. And that's a great name. Love the name. Kiyoshi was born on November 17th in 1906 in Komyo Village in Japan, which is near Hamamatsu. And Kiyoshi is the first son to mother Mika, who was a weaver. And she created her own loom to weave complex designs and patterns. And then there was his father, Yamato, who was a blacksmith. And he ran a bicycle repair business. So bicycles were in huge demand during that time, and specifically in the big city. So Yamato would buy broken bicycles from Tokyo at super cheap prices and then fix them up and sell them to anyone who wanted one. Kiyoshi would help his dad fix the bikes as early as when he was in the cradle still. So he was really, really young. And his favorite toys were bicycle parts that he could get his hands on and tinker with. So pretty early on, you could tell that Kiyoshi was very smart. However, he was not the best student. And at the time, students would bring home a report card to their parents, and the parents would have to stamp it with the family seal rather than put a signature, which you, you know, kind of commonly see today. Yes. And not wanting to disappoint his parents with his report card, Kiyoshi cut his family seal into an old tire, um, in the rubber of an old tire, and he stamped his report card and turned it in. Well, how old was he when he did this? He was still in grade school, so... Wow. Yeah, he, he was, was still pretty he was young. young. Yeah. So I know he was definitely before 15 years of age, but he was probably after, you know, seven or eight. So somewhere in between there. Mm -hmm. And this works so well that other students begin to ask him to do the same for them. No. (laughs) Yeah. But what he failed to realize is that the stamp has to be made like in the mirror mirror image of the family seal because when you stamp it, it obviously is going to come up. Yeah, backwards or yeah. 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 But he, he got lucky because his own family seal is actually symmetrical. Um, but for students who didn't have symmetrical seal names, they were quickly caught by the teacher. And as punishment, wow. Yamato made Kiyoshi kneel down in a corner for a whole day without lunch. 
And it wasn't because Kiyoshi had forged the family seals. That's not why he got in trouble. He got in trouble because he failed to recognize the relationship between the seal and the stamp itself. So the fact that he didn't realize it needed to be a mirror image wow. is the reason that he got punished. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I'm not punishing you for doing it. I'm punishing punish you, you for doing you it wrong. didn't do it smart enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rough. So after eight years of school, Kiyoshi finds an ad for a job as an assistant at Art Shokai Auto Repair Shop in Tokyo in 1922. So Kiyoshi is only 15 at the time, but he ends up getting the job. So the owner of the shop, Chikao, he spotted Kiyoshi's potential like very quickly and he ends up taking him under his wing to teach him not only everything he knew about, you know, engineering and repairing of, you know, bikes and engines and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but he also taught him about business. Now, Chikao was skilled in repairs and more technical and complicated processes like manufacturing pistons, and the shop worked on automobiles and motorcycles, all of which at the time were reserved for more of the upper class of Japan society. So you saw you know, more of the richer people having those type of you know, transportation, yeah. whereas the younger or the poor had you know, bicycles. Bicycles, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And while most vehicles were foreign made, uh, ranging from you know large production companies like Ford to smaller manufacturers, Kiyoshi remained passionate about his job and the work they did, and he quickly became familiar and extremely knowledgeable with a large amount of motorcycles and automobiles. He was very, very like innovative and inventive. And any other words to describe it? Intuitive. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All this was a perfect recipe for Kiyoshi's thirst and hunger for knowledge, and he was right where he needed to be. And you know what else makes somebody successful in any kind of industry? What? Cleanliness. Yeah. I think cleanliness really drives a product and the reputation of a person, right? Mm-hmm. For those of you who are looking to keep your workstation clean, I have a great product for you. You know, your kids are off to school now and you probably have a whole lot more time to spend in your workshop. And that means now is the perfect time to check out Cucamonga Woodworking. Cucamonga Woodworking offers sturdy silicone mats that protect your project from damage that can happen when gluing, sanding, or chiseling. With a silicone mat, cleanup is a lot easier with wood glue peeling right off of it. Buy the perfect gift for your husband, dad, or hey, even yourself. Check out Cucamonga Woodworking at cucamongawoodworking.com. You can also find them on Amazon. And if you buy on Amazon right now, it's 15% off when you buy two mats. They're working on getting more on the website right now. So if you just have to have one right now, which believe me, you do, get yourself your own Cucamonga Woodworking silicone mat now at Amazon. Chikao was very encouraging to Kiyoshi's interest in motorsports, and at the time, Japan had a long history of racing sports, and it started out as motorcycle racing, and that dates back to between you know, 1912 and 1926, and evolved into full-bodied automobile racing by the early 1920s. By 1923, Chikao makes the decision to start making race cars, and he knows just the man to be involved. Chikao tells Kiyoshi he should make a race car with plane parts that were laying around. And the first car made was named the Art Daimler because it used a second-hand Daimler engine. 
The second attempt was named Curtis and was made using a secondhand engine from Amer an American Curtis Jenny A1 biplane that was fitted to the chassis of an American Mitchell car. On November 23, 1924, Kiyoshi and the Curtis takes a shot at the fifth Japanese automobile competition being driven by Chikao's brother and Kiyoshi as accompanying engineer. Against all odds, they take first place, further fueling Kiyoshi's love and passion for the industry. And a small potential kink appears when Kiyoshi is 20 and he gets a summons for a military service. Kiyoshi was found to be colorblind and was ultimately dismissed from time in the military. And after six years at Chikao's repair shop, Kiyoshi opens his own branch of art shokai back near home in Hamamatsu. He was the only apprentice to ever start his own branch, and his innovation led to his garage going beyond simple vehicle repair. He earned the nickname Edison of Hamamatsu for his innovations. His knowledge and skill was from everything he learned at Chikao's shop. A co-worker said of Kiyoshi, when he was an apprentice at Art Shokai, and when he was the manager of the branch in Hamamatsu, the old man learned so much by doing real work with real machines. He didn't just have theoretical knowledge, he was an expert at all sorts of practical tasks like wielding and forging. Those of us who had only studied the subject on paper from an academic standpoint just couldn't compete. And just one innovation in the industry was a vehicle repair lift that Kiyoshi designed himself because he said, a human being should not have to do his work crawling under, around underneath a car. By the 1930s, the shop had grown from one employee to around 30. And in 1935, Kiyoshi marries Suki, who was also added onto the list of employees. She would make the meals for the, the living employees and she would keep the accounts up to date and accurate. All the while, Kiyoshi still continued to participate in racing himself, which became pretty much an obsession of his. Like, think of Percy and the search for the lost city. This is Kiyoshi in racing. Yeah. In 1936, though, Kiyoshi suffers a very serious crash during a race at the Tamagawa Speedway, and another racer was rejoining the race from a pit stop, and Kiyoshi collides with him, rolling his car and just throwing Kiyoshi from it. Luckily, Kiyoshi walked away without really any serious injuries, but his brother wasn't so lucky, and he was the mechanic for the car, and he suffers a spinal fracture. And despite this scary accident, Kiyoshi races again only four months after that. But then after that, Kiyoshi stops racing with some coercion from his family. Kiyoshi recalls, when my wife cried and begged me to stop, I had to give it up. And although Suki kind of remembers it a little differently, and she said, did he stop because of something I said? I think it was a lecture from his father that made up his mind. Yeah. It was good timing for Kiyoshi too to quit racing on his own terms, because in 1937, racing was banned and forbidden in Japan. So war had broke out with China, and World War II was looming just in a little bit, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And many motorsports and pastimes just kind of died out due to government's national emergency, quote unquote. And around the time of Kiyoshi's accident while racing, he was beginning to consider moving out of repair work and moving into manufacturing. He was really just kind of getting just dissatisfied with only doing repair work at Art Shokai. And he even tried to start manufacturing piston rings. However, the shareholders, they didn't really like that idea. They felt that the 
repair work that they were doing was bringing in a good enough healthy cash flow so they really didn't see any need to you know risk venturing elsewhere mm-hmm. but this really did not deter Kiyoshi at all so he's very you know persistent persistent and just success driven i guess yeah. you could say he and a friend asa decide to just open up their own company um, to manufacture the piston rings and that's when toki seiko heavy industry was born Kiyoshi and Asa started the Art Piston Research or Ring Research Center and worked tirelessly to create the best piston ring possible. But their desire and passion for the job did not automatically make them successful. <laughs> so over the next year, there's a lot of technical issues that kind of plague Kiyoshi and Asa. So Kiyoshi just enrolls himself as a part-time student at the Hamamatsu Industrial Institute to further his understanding of metallurgy. So struggling to make ends meet, Kiyoshi even has to sell his wife's wedding ring to pay the bills. Wow. Could you imagine if I was like, hey babe, I got this uh, great aspiration, can I borrow your ring for like a couple years? Well, I'd do it. I don't... Yeah, I, I'm sure you would because you're very supportive, but you know, if you had a really, 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 really nice ring, I'm not saying yours isn't a really, 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 really nice ring, but... I would still do it. I know you would. You're the best. I know. <laughs> okay but finally in 1939 kiyoshi and asa are super confident in their piston rings and they land a supply order with toyota motor company i'm sure you've heard about toyota right (laughs) yeah but unfortunately of the 50 piston rings that they send only three of them meet the high quality standards of toyota wow yeah and this is mainly due to the manufacturing technology issues and not so much the design of the piston rings so now Kiyoshi needs to find a better way to manufacture the piston rings. So he's got this great idea, but he just doesn't quite have the right way to make them. So he starts to visit universities and you know steel makers all across Japan in order to study and learn more efficient manufacturing methods. And it all finally pays off because when he returns to his own company, he is able to improve his own mass production process and he can supply those parts to Toyota. And he's also landed a deal with Nakajima Aircraft Company. So at this point, is Toyota like... This, Toyota's big. It's huge. Okay, yeah, it's got huge. It. Yeah, it's probably one of the biggest, you know, suppliers in Japan itself. Got it. Yeah, and it's probably even in the United States. It's one of the one of the top ones too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so um, they finally start to get more orders that just pile up and it just creates over 2,000 jobs at the factory, you know, at the peak time. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, in 1941, Kiyoshi hits another major, super-duper setback in their business. Oh, boy. Does, does his wife have another ring? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if even a ring would get them through this because Japan enters World War II on December 7th, 1941. And Tokai Seiki, which is kind of a nickname they called it, mm-hmm. it came under the control of the Japanese Ministry of Munitions. Now, by the next year, Kiyoshi is demoted as president to senior managing director of the company, and Toyota itself gains 40% of the company's equity. Not to mention a lot of the male employees are obviously get called up to, you know, military service. Yeah, yeah. So they're having to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they had to bring in a lot more women to begin work at the factory as members of what they called volunteer corps. Yeah. Um, to help with wartime efforts because they were supplying a lot of, you know, manufacturing stuff for wartime efforts. Yeah. So Kiyoshi also found a way to automate the production of the piston ring so that it was, you know, less people demand of 
Is, if that's Got a word, it. is demand yeah. of a word? De- demanding. Demanding. Ooh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll. You're on today. a roll today. Now, during LA bombings on Japan, Kiyoshi's factory is partially destroyed by B-29 bomber attacks by America. The USA. 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 <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, due to a shortage of public access to supplies, basically. The steel to rebuild the factory was extremely hard to come by. However, US pilots would throw away used gasoline containers after they used them, so Kiyoshi repurposed these, as he called it, little gifts from President Truman. <laughs> yeah, and he's able to repair his factory. Unfortunately, the factory doesn't last long because in 1945, Japan is rocked by a 6.8 earthquake that just completely levels Kiyoshi's factory again. And he's unable to really find any motivation or the resources, obviously, to rebuild again. So Kiyoshi, Kiyoshi sells the remainder of his business to Toyota for 450,000 yen, which is just over $4,000. This poor guy. I, I mean, know. his business gets destroyed. It's completely destroyed. Yeah, not to mention it. First, it's taken over by yeah. the government. Yeah. You know, and then it gets bombed, repairs, and then an earthquake. Yeah. Talk about bad luck. Yeah. So 10,000 of that 450,000 yen <laughs> went to his next venture, which was, take a guess. I have no idea. Liquor production. What does anybody do after their factory gets destroyed? Uh, drink. You drink. Yeah. <laughs> no, let me clarify. He wasn't necessarily starting a liquor business. This was strictly for him and his friends to drink. <laughs> yeah. So drunk and full of liquor must be when Kiyoshi does his best thinking because in 1948-6, success is his middle name. Wow. After the war, there was obviously a shortage of supplies and people in Japan were finding it harder and harder to get around. So they were mainly relying on bicycles and trains. But innovative Kiyoshi finds a new way. (laughs) So he attaches an engine to a bicycle and he receives immediate attention as he's riding it around the city and just requests for one of the motorized bicycles or scooters as he calls them just comes flooding in. Mopeds? Scooters. Like, yeah, kind of (laughs) moped scooter. Yeah, that's, that's actually what it is, a moped. So finding the material to fulfill the requests was obviously going to be hard. But Kiyoshi was determined, and he ends up writing 18,000 letters to send to bike shops to work together to produce his new invention. Of those 18,000, though, only 3,000 respond and agree to help. But that same year, Kiyoshi found the Kiyoshi Technical Research Institute. Kiyoshi's first motorized bicycle, the Type A, went into production in 1948. This bike was powered by Kiyoshi's first mass-produced engine and was sold until 1951. So about three years or so. Kiyoshi's first true motorcycle, though, was the Type D, and it first went into production in 1949. And this was a pressed steel frame designed bike with a two-stroke and then 96 cc's and had three horsepower engine, and it would become the first model in the dream series of motorcycles. The Society of Automotive Engineers of Japan lists both the Type A and the Type D models as two of their 240 landmarks of Japanese automotive um, technology. And as the company's president, Kiyoshi would turn it into a billion-dollar multinational organization. Wow. And they would become famed for their best-selling motorcycles. 
1958, the Kyoshi Company was the largest motorcycle company in Japan. And it beat out, you know, 50 countrywide companies and even 200 nationwide producers. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. In 1959, Kiyoshi's four-stroke engine motorcycles make it all the way to the U.S. Unfortunately, it did not do well. The Japanese government basically placed restrictions on the amount of investment that could leave the country. And the motorcycles sent to the U.S. were blowing gaskets and their clutches were loosening really bad. And that was kind of due to the fact that Americans are reckless. So they (laughs) they drive a lot faster and they also drive for a lot longer distances. Gosh darn you Americans. I know. (laughs) You Americans were Americans. Come on. (laughs) So using those funds that the Japanese government had restricted him from using overseas, Kiyoshi uses it to re-engineer his motorcycle. And by 1963... Kiyoshi's motorcycles become the top selling motorcycle in the US, which has to be a big deal because we're a hard sell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah, and then to secure a deal with Kiyoshi's company, um, companies would send over a representative to Japan to talk about, you know, a supply deal with Kiyoshi. And there's this one particular visit that they were talking about, and it's actually pretty funny. Um, A visitor had come over and his dentures, I'm not sure how, but somehow their dentures <laughs> fall into the septic septic tank. He was probably drunk drinking. <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Maybe he was using the restroom or something, a little tipsy, and <laughs> bloop, dentures go in. And, but, but here's the good part. So Kiyoshi climbs into the sewers, and he retrieves the dentures. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> There's hey, no listen, way I would. a businessman's got to do what That's a businessman's got to do. But Secure here's the, a deal. Yeah, here's, here's the part that maybe he didn't have to do, but he goes into the bathroom for a moment, and then he comes out wearing the teeth. I can only assume... <laughs> I, I can only assume he was in the restroom cleaning them off. But, you know, he was kind of finding a way to relieve the stress and the tension of the meeting, you know? So he's trying to, like, crack a joke, I guess. Yeah, he's trying to, like I said, relieve the tension. (laughs) But it it must have worked because he secures the deal. Wow. So when Kiyoshi recalls the incident, (laughs) he says, The man who stands at the head of the company should be ready to act in such a way that it may seem strange to other employees. It is not necessary to repeat these steps several times, thank the Lord. (laughs) It is enough of one precedent to make your team follow you. So it sounds like he kind of did it as a way to, you know, band his team yeah. together. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a sign of a good leader, I think. Yeah. So I get a little bit of humbleness. Yeah, humbleness. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But also just motivation. Part of uh, Kiyoshi being in- innovative, too, is that he actually finds kind of a unique work hierarchy where rather than the people who are in seniority get the promotions when there's a spot open, he actually gives it to those who work harder and better. And this was extremely different and was very, very successful. And it's still the business model today. Mm -hmm. In 1962, Kiyoshi produces his first car. And against the advice of Japanese officials who basically said, the country does not need another car company. But seeking a method to build a car without a catalytic converter to save on pollution at the time, Mm -hmm. Kiyoshi designs and builds his first car model that is still extremely popular today. By the 80s, Kiyoshi is the third leading card producer in Japan and the third producer in the world. Wow. Yeah. Had Kiyoshi not been so motivated and persevered through all the obstacles, you know, like your factory being bombed and exactly. your factory being destroyed in an earthquake, earthquake yeah. 
um, we wouldn't have one of the most reliable car companies on the market to date. Like I firmly believe that. Yeah. Passing on August 5th, 1991, Kiyoshi once said, We have consistently chosen a most difficult path filled with hardships. We must possess the will to change difficulties and the wisdom to create new values without being bound by established standards. We do not wish to imitate others. Amen. Thanks for listening to Celeb Who. And as always, use hashtag Celeb Who to tell us who you think the celebrity was this week. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Celeb Who Podcast. And uh, feel free to give us a DM if you have a, a good celebrity that you think we should do. Yeah? Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Give us a good one. Give us a good one. Yeah, we'll give you a shout out. We'll be like, hey, yo, this person thinks that we should do this person, yeah. but not say the person's name. This person with like... Privacy. Privacy. Yeah. Anonymous. I mean, not you. You won't be anonymous. Anonymous. <laughs> You'll be real. We'll use your real name. Unless you want to be anonymous. <laughs> I feel like I'm sidetracking. Anyway. Let's just end this. <laughs>